0: This morning, church, we are preparing for a sacred moment. As you probably noticed, the uh, cups that don't feel very sacred because they crinkle and make awkward noise signify that we are going to take communion this morning. This morning, we get to participate in a moment that for thousands of years, people who follow Jesus, people who have trusted their lives to the work of Christ on the cross and have lived in his way, have physically, emotionally, and spiritually reminded themselves in this act that Christ commanded of his sacrifice and of his way. It's a beautiful thing. And this morning, we're doing that. We're taking a break from our series on this first Sunday of what the church calendar and church history calls Advent, a word that comes from a Latin word that means come Lord Jesus. Latin variation of the Greek word Maranatha, the hymn of praise, come Lord Jesus. And we remember not just a baby in a manger. It's easy in a season like this to miss the grandeur of what we celebrate in the simplicity or oversimplification of what we acknowledge. Jesus came in a manger. But what we acknowledge, what we celebrate is not his birthday. What we celebrate is what theologians call the incarnation. A mystery, a paradox, a contradiction that God became human. Fully God and fully human at the same time. That as Paul said, that Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider his equality with God, his power, his authority, something to be grasped, something to be used for himself, he lowered himself, becoming a man and becoming a servant and lowering himself to the cross. And that it was in the lowering that his name is lifted up and every knee will bow. John said it like this. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was. Was with God in the beginning. And all things that have been made were made through him. Nothing that has been made was made without him. And the Word was the light and the life of all men. And the light shines in the darkness. The darkness did not overcome it. And then in a few verses later, he said, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Eugene Peterson, in his version, called the message he said the word put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood when we remember this season we remember that our God is not the God who made a way for us to get to him we remember that Jesus is the God who came to us the God who is with us the God who empathizes with every struggle and when we take communion we taste And we smell and we feel and we remember that the cross means much more than some sort of eternal account has been made right. It means that the God who keeps the accounts is with us and loves us and has desired us and did not want to keep the account against us, so he paid the debt himself. That we could be made right and made righteous and invited into a life of union. That's what this Christmas season means. But here's what I know. That this season in and of itself feels like a contradiction and a paradox for most of us. I talked last week about my endless commitment to attempting to be cool. On Christmas, I give that up completely, and I want to be as cheesy as possible. I want everything cinnamon and allspice, and I want lights, and I want Alabama's Christmas record playing all the time, because Alabama and she and him make the best Christmas music, Fight Me. They are the best. But in this season that we sing and write cards and see signs that say joy and peace and rest, we feel hurried and troubled and broke and busy. And this season that we remember the peace and the coming of Jesus, sometimes we, at least in our culture, are the most confronted with the shortcomings of our own humanity. As tempers run short in the midst of busy schedules and sports seasons all collide at the end of the year when we're supposed to be making time to rest and relax. And then you add to that the reality That as human beings, every time we come to the Lord, we bring our own doubts, and we bring our own struggles, and we bring our own shortcomings, and Christmas can become this season that feels as fake as the tinsel and lights that we see. Because we're acknowledging something that sometimes we have a hard time believing ourselves. As I was considering... Communion this morning, this picture came to my mind, and I'm not saying that this was like a picture from the Lord. I didn't have a vision about this service or anything like that. It's just this feeling that some of us, myself included, when we come to something like communion, we come feeling like we have to do the heavy lifting for the Lord. We come feeling like we have to hold on really tightly the things that we believe or to the questions we don't have answers to because if we if we let go if we acknowledge that it's hard and that it's difficult and that we're tired and that we don't have the answers then it feels like this thing that we're holding might just collapse as if the faith that we're holding on to might just fall out from under us it feels like the lord is some sort of like leaning wall and that our faith our believing really hard is just just holding it up season that can be brought into poignant clarity when we're supposed to remember and we're supposed to rest so this morning there's one simple thing that I want us to do as we f- prepare for communion I want to invite you to let go There are some of us in this room you have got genuine doubts that you come into a service and you see other people and and you wonder maybe this whole faith thing is just for them (laughs) and i will never get what they have some of us in this room you've got like genuine epistemic like big big question doubts does does god exist does can i trust this bible but you're afraid to ask those questions because you feel like asking the question means you don't believe. Some of us here, you've got, you've got struggles that bring shame and fear and hurt into your life that you do not want to admit to anyone that you do not want to acknowledge that they're real. So you hold on and you hold tight and you shove those things down and you convince yourself, if I can go this week without caving, if I can go another day without giving in, if I can go another month without stumbling, then it will be fine. And it's all this attempt to keep everything in line for the Lord as if he needs us to do the heavy lifting. So this morning I want to invite you to let go. is not afraid of your questions God is not afraid of the experience of your life that's what it means that he is with us he's there in those moments he experiences that pain you know sometimes we ask the question of God is good how could he let bad things happen to us and this isn't some easy tried answer to that question it's just the reality that everything he has allowed to happen to us he allowed to happen to him too because he was there with us experiencing every moment of it i want to invite you to let go this morning is there a struggle that you need to just finally acknowledge i struggle and it hurts and it's hard and you need to let that come to the surface and trust the lord with that trust that he loves you anyway Trust that when he looks at you, he looks at you with the pride of a father because of the work of his son. You've got questions, you've got you've got doubts, you've got questions that you haven't wanted to acknowledge. And it feels like your faith is this really fragile thing, because if you ask that question, you might get the answer that causes it to shatter. I want to I want to invite you. God is not afraid of your doubts. God does not want you to live. An unquestioned life. He's with you in that. He can handle it. He's there. You feel distant from the emotion and the joy and the peace that it seems like everyone admits this. Everyone feels this season. It feels like a facade to you. You don't have to pretend anymore. Jesus is with you, he understands. In a few moments, we're going to take communion together. And we're going to remember the beauty of this moment of memory is that we don't have to, to have an emotional experience to taste and to acknowledge. The beauty of this is that we are with our bodies, with our senses, with our hopes, with our fears. We are bringing all of that to the table. And we are saying, I do this in remembrance of what you did for me, Jesus. We're going to take a moment. Jack and Caroline are going to come up and we're going to um, worship and, and leave space for some introspection. And what I want to invite you to do, maybe you're here and everything that I'm saying right now just doesn't ring true to you. And you're saying, no, I feel intimacy with the Lord. I'm sure there are people struggling with doubts. I want to invite you to worship and to pray. But if you're here and you are Like me, you are like a lot of us, and what I'm saying rings really true. You've felt like you've been doing the heavy lifting for the Lord. You've felt like you've had to hold everything together for him. I want to invite you just to acknowledge those struggles. Acknowledge that issue, whatever it is, that pain in this moment. And just acknowledge it to the Lord. This is not the time to fix it. I'm not saying you're going to walk out of this service and it's going to be done and over. But just to acknowledge it to the Lord so that in a few moments, after we've spent some time in introspection, we can come to the table of communion and we can bring our whole selves to the table. Not feeling like we have to hold anything back from the Lord. We can come to the table of communion knowing that Jesus did the work, that Jesus set the table that he holds all things together. Like Colossians says, that Christ is in all things and all things hold together in him, which means we don't have to do the work of holding it together. We don't have to do the heavy lifting because he's doing that for us. I'm gonna pray for us Then we're gonna spend this moment of introspection and after that moment, we'll participate in communion. Jesus, I acknowledge that even now, you have proven your faithfulness to me time and time again. And there are still things I have a really hard time believing you are going to do. I acknowledge that I've seen you answer prayer, but there are things right now that I'm scared to pray for. we've already sung that you look at us with the pride of a father you look at us through the eyes of your mercy because of the work of Jesus on the cross that we can trust you I ask that you would gently in the kind way that you always do that you would bring those fears those things to our mind and that you would whisper to our hearts it's okay I'm with you it's okay I already knew it's okay we would be able to trust those things to you. Not that the problem would be fixed in this moment, but that we would not have to hide or pretend anymore with you. Show us our hearts now, Jesus. The word of God ends in Revelation chapter 22. These words, the Spirit and the Bride say, come. Let the one who hears say come Let the one who is thirsty come Let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life In verse 20 He testifies to these things says, This is Jesus Yes, I'm coming soon Amen said these words. He said, come to me, all you who are weary. Well, my yoke is easy and my burden is easy. The burdens we carry are difficult. But the yoke of the Layer. On the night that Christ was betrayed, he took bread and after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. same way after giving thanks he took the cup and he said this is the blood of a new covenant poured out for the salvation of many as you drink the juice do this in remembrance of jesus another layer of paradox in the Christmas season, in the Advent season. And it's what theologians call sometimes the already not yet kingdom of God. It's that we live indwelled by the Holy Spirit. We live empowered by the Holy Spirit. We live in a glimpse and glimmer of the life we were created for. And we can find joy and rest and peace in Christ, in the here and now. But we also live in a world that has been broken by sin, by ours and by other people's. We live in a world in which there are things that do not line up and don't work right. But we do not live forever in that world. Because as we say, come Lord Jesus, we remember that God became one of us And we also remember that he is returning to make all things right. So we are thankful for what we have received. And we have hope in the face of everything. Because of what is coming. Because we can always and forever trust and rest in the fact that every pain we experience (coughs) is just a flash in the pan compared to the glory coming when our good king makes all things new, when he redeems and restores everything so that there are no more tears of sadness, but there is joy in his presence. As we worship and end this service together, let's do so with joy. We've acknowledged a lot of pain this morning. And that's right to do in the presence of the Lord because the presence of the Lord and the community of his people is a safe place to do that. But now let's intentionally turn our hearts and our minds to the hope that sin has been dealt with in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it will be extricated and all will be made new in the resurrection that is to come. We have a hope and a joy that is now and still coming. And we can worship with joy and confidence before the Lord because of that. Jesus, we thank you that in the midst of the paradox that we live in, that we can live in the knowledge of your love, in the joy of your kingdom, in the peace of your promises, that we can trust our whole selves to you. God, I thank you that you, as you invite us, trust ourselves to you that you became one of us let your love be our joy